Welcome everyone to another edition of the StayMarriedFlorida.com podcast and video series. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce lawyer in Palm Beach Gardens and I have the pleasure of being joined today by Crystal Nasser. She's a registered play therapist and infant mental health specialist in North Palm Beach, Florida. Thanks for coming along, Crystal. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Well, what we are going to talk about today is an area of your expertise, and that is uh, young children, and I guess a little bit more particular, uh, helping young children through times of crisis, including the divorce-type situation, but really any, any type of trauma or crisis that a young child would experience. Um, so I guess the first question I'd have for you, and feel free to interject with anything, is how do younger children that you work with differ from adolescents and teens when it comes to processing and coping with a traumatic event in their life like a divorce or a loss of a loved one? Well as an infant mental health specialist I do specialize in work with children under five and it's it's interesting a lot of people have the perception that very young children especially an infant can't experience grief or loss um, and it's you know, quite the opposite, they do. They have all of the same feelings that an adult has. They just don't have the ability to communicate through language what their experience is. And because they have so little life experience, they have a hard time conceptualizing what everything in their life, you know, everything that's going on in their life really means for them. Um, now, I, I hope that sort of clarifies that a little for you. Oh, it certainly does. And you know, something I think a lot of people wonder about, and you wrote an article that addressed part of this that should be up on the website, um, is this. Does a young child, like a three-year-old toddler, excuse me, are they really going to even remember anything about a traumatic event or crisis in their life, like a divorce that happened when they're three years old? I mean, don't they forget stuff like that? Well, in fact, they don't. We all have the capacity to to remember everything that we've experienced. Um, once we acquire language, our memories sort of get stored a little bit differently. So when we think about traditional memory, oftentimes we think about it as sort of like a, a movie in our head where we have this reel of memory where we, we can perceive what was said to us at the time and what our feelings were at the time. But that's once we've acquired language. Um, before that, we have something called pre-verbal memory. And once we do acquire that language, those memories do become harder to pull. Um, but at the same time, they often get stored as a thought or a feeling or sort of um, just a an intonation or an inclination of what might be going on for them. So oftentimes we can get in an experience where we're like, hmm, this seems oddly familiar. And oftentimes it's tied to scent or smell or a sensory perception. And that is usually triggering a pre-verbal memory for us in, in some kind of way. So yes, we do have the capacity to remember that. Sometimes even rather than you know, the movie type of memory, they get stored as still shots. So more like a traditional photograph um, is how those memories can get stored early on. And it's so interesting because, you know, if you ask another adult, you know, what is some of, what's your first memory that you can remember? It's often a very, a very happy memory or a very sad memory or something that somebody said to us early on that really affected us. So when we're very little, um, the memories that come up for us the easiest are the ones that are more profound. So an exciting family vacation 
or a time when a teacher said to you, you know, you're not that bright, you're really not going to make much of yourself. Um, we, we have the capacity to really be able to pull the more impactful memories more readily. You know, many of my clients in my practice, and I may have mistakenly helped them think this way, uh, they believe their very young children are somewhat oblivious to traumatic events going on in their life and that, you know, at least in what I deal with divorce, that the young children might not even know that a divorce is even happening. Um, from your point of view and what you do for a living, um, how proactive should parents be when it comes to letting their young children know about a traumatic uh, life event like a divorce or a loss of a loved one? I think being as proactive as you can be is really best. Um, with that said, with an element of developmental appropriateness for the child. So certainly a two-hour lecture for a three-year-old about, you know, the legal avenues of divorce wouldn't be appropriate. But, you know, helping the child make sense of their world in any kind of occasion, whether it's, you know, a happy one or a not-so-happy one, you know, is our job as as you know adults in a child's life we want to help the child make sense of their world because they have so limited life experience it can be a, a very strange place for children so helping them make sense of it in a way that is you know appropriate for them and in a way a parent feels comfortable explaining can be really really important um, so, for example, you know, if, if, if a divorce is coming and a child is either acting in a way that is not themselves, because that's often how children process feelings early on, it's usually behavioral rather than talking about it. So you may get a child that's a little bit irritable, or you may get a child that seems a little anxious. Or you may have a child that maybe even is experienced some regression in some of their milestones that they had previously attained, like um, going to the bathroom or sleeping dysregulation or something like that. When you start to see some shifts in behavior, know that that may be a reaction to what's you know going on for the child emotionally. They just don't have the way to come up to mom and dad and say, you know, I'm really concerned about the two of you. I've really noticed that you've really been fighting. And in fact, I've woken <laughs> up a couple of times in the middle of the night and hurt you guys. And I've really been frightened by this. They can't do that. So they, they express their thoughts and feelings through behavior. Um, so helping the child make sense of what's going on for mom and dad can be really crucial. So maybe the parent does say, you know, you seem really sad you know, mommy and daddy just had a fight. Maybe you're a little worried about that. Um, and, and helping the child know that it's not their fault um, because sometimes children will also assign self-blame where there really is no blame um, can also really help the child without having the child wonder, is it me? Because so often that can really impact your relationship with your child when they're wondering if something that they've done has impacted um, what's going on in their life. Now, when it comes to, um, I guess, the particular uh, topic of divorce, say for a, a three-year-old child, um, is, there, is there a right way to tell the child about something like a divorce type situation? I don't think there's a right or a wrong way per se. Um, this is really going to be up to 
the parent-child relationship because all of them are so different. And the parent needs to be comfortable with whatever it is that they're going to say to their child and how they're going to explain it. Um, there is no you know, perfect way to do it. But if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety by addressing it with your child, your child's going to pick up on that. So the parent first needs to be really comfortable and acknowledge some of the difficult feelings that are going on on both ends. Because for parents, if they're going through a divorce, it's horrific. So they're experiencing a lot of the same thoughts and feelings that their child might also be experiencing. So addressing their child in a way that's really empathic um, and acknowledging the feelings that are going on in the household can be, you know, paramount in, in explaining it to the child. And as long as you're empathic and, and you're being authentic with your child and it's really coming from who you are. And now, Crystal, in your recent article that you wrote, you talked about how some parents might be afraid to bring up difficult issues with children because it might, quote unquote, feed into their crying. How important is it for parents to bring difficult issues up with their young children, even when they know the issue will be upsetting? I think it's really important. Um, it's hard. And I think that's why parents avoid it, because they're dealing with their own difficult feelings about the situation. They know it could be difficult for the child. So, you know, culturally we have this way of really not acknowledging negative feelings at all. I always think of the example of, hi, how are you? You know, that's sort of a salutation in our culture and yet the correct response is good or fine. You know, even if you're having the worst day in the world, somebody comes up and says, hi, how are you? We go, oh, I'm fine, I'm great. And we never really acknowledge what's going on for us because it's uncomfortable on the other side. So we avoid those uncomfortable conversations. And for our kids, we don't, we don't want to see our kids cry. It's hard for us when we see that. So we want to avoid it. And we do the whole, it's okay, don't worry. And we do all of this. And meanwhile, it's not okay for the child. And the child can't really learn to um, deal with those difficult emotions if we don't allow them to experience them. So by addressing them with the child and acknowledging them really helps the child move through them and learn to deal with it. Um, because later on, they're going to have to deal with negative emotions. So it's really the beginnings of helping your child cope with difficult situations. And by you providing a model and by you talking about it with them and allowing them to experience life's lows while sort of supporting them while they move through that and coming out on the other side helps a child to learn that, you know, just because I have this negative feeling doesn't mean the world is over. It's awful, but I can feel it. And I can also know that it's going to be okay. And I also know that I have the most important people in my life who are willing to share that experience with me, who aren't going to run from my negative thoughts and feelings, and who are willing to stick it out with me when times are tough. So it can actually be a very powerful um, relationship and attachment strengthening for the parent and child relationship when things are difficult. Now how does it change when the parent is having a hard time dealing with a traumatic situation? Say, I, mm -hmm. I keep going back to mm -hmm. divorce because it's what I see, but you know, for the parent that is very upset about their divorce and at the same time have a young child that they need to keep informed about the situation, how, how do they do it when it's so upsetting to them to begin with? 
and that's sort of sort of the toughest part. You know, if you're dealing with a situation with your child that is occurring outside of the home, say bullying, for example, you know, it breaks your heart, but it's not directly affecting you. So oftentimes you can be there for your child in a really empathic way and despite the fact that it, it's heartbreaking for you, you can sort of be strong in that. Um, however, when you've also experienced the same sort of crisis or trauma or difficulty, it can be really hard to be with your child and provide the support that they may need because you're really in need of your own support. Yeah. So in, in times like that when parents feel as though, oh my gosh, I'm just so distraught with, with what's going on for me that I don't think I can really be there for my child without completely falling apart, then that just may be a time when you ask for a little support um, from a professional. You know, seeking a, you know, a, either a therapist or consulting with your pediatrician um, if you're concerned about some of the regression to make sure that it, it's not something physical going on, but then seeking a trained professional to help you support your child. Um, you know, when these things happen, it's normal to be distressed. So yeah. the parent's going to experience distress, and the child is going to experience some distress. That's normal. Um, but if it becomes too overwhelming or you feel like you're not being helpful, it's just a time to say, you know what, I can't do this on my own, and I really need somebody to support me while I address these concerns with my child. And that can be done, you know, a few different ways. You, it can be a parent-child session of therapy where we're working on that relationship, or it can also be just individual therapy for the child where they're, they're working on, on their own process of sorting through what's going on for them. Now, um, I see all the toys behind you on the shelves, and I know you're a, a registered play therapist. Um, how can, uh, what is the play therapy, and, and how do you uh, use it to help children through uh, tough times? Play therapy is just really the the most effective modality in working with very young children. You know, sometimes I get calls and their parents are saying, my child's so talkative, we don't need toys. <laughs> and even for the most talkative children, the, the toys become their worst. Because children don't have a ton of life experience, they can't always conceptualize everything in their vocabulary. So they take the toys and they act it out. It helps children make sense of their world. Um, and in crisis situations, you will see that children all of a sudden will want more play. Um, and parents say, oh my gosh, it's like they're indifferent to what's going on. Well, no, they're actually using it as a coping skill to try and sort through their play, sort through what's going on for them through their play. I, I tell parents, watch their play. See what they're playing out. They're trying to make sense of their situation because they don't have the words for it. So in crisis situations, you'll often see children play the same type of scenes over and over and over and over and over again. And there'll be these just noticeable differences of some resolution in the play. And it often mirrors their real life where they start to see slowly but surely some resolution to the crisis. And that's how they make sense of it um, in, their, in their minds is, is through the play. So they use play therapy in the same way that adults use talk therapy, where they're addressing what's going on for them. They're finding new coping skills in a really safe environment to where they can effectively manage their feelings and their behavior. So we move through all of those things and you start to see um, emotional dysregulation and dysregulation to dissipate because it has made sense of what's going on and they're able to move forward.
Well, I, I think we're getting close to the end of the time that uh, we had allotted off for this, but uh, if you could, I mean, tell me where people should look if they want to seek you out and, and get your help on an issue with their children. You're one of the few people I know, well, the only person I know that um, calls themselves a registered play therapist and really uh, specializes in dealing with very, very young children. So where, where can people um, reach out to you and find you? Um, I have a private practice in North Palm Beach. I also have um, an office up in down in Lake Worth that I, I, I am at once a week. Um, the best way to reach me is probably by phone. Uh, the telephone number is 561-352-6192. And I'm happy to offer um, complimentary consultations for parents to see if play therapy may be an appropriate fit for their child, depending upon what's going on for them. Um, I also have a website that they can check out for more information about me and um, play therapy in general. Uh, it's healthymindedkids.com, and that's also the name of my private practice. Well, thank you again for all of your time and uh, for um, making, uh, making the time to do this. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.